Morning prayer begins on page three of the prayer book. Thus saith the high and lofty one that inhabiteth eternity, whose name is holy. I dwell in the high and holy place with him also, is of a contrite and humble spirit, to revive the spirit of the humble and to revive the heart of the contrite ones. O Lord, open thou our lips. And our mouth shall show forth thy praise. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost. As it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Praise ye the Lord. The Lord's name be praised. For the Vanity, Psalm 95, on page 459. O come, let us sing unto the Lord. Let us heartily rejoice in the strength of our salvation. Let us come before his presence with thanksgiving and show ourselves glad in him with psalms. For the Lord is a great God, and a great King above all God. In his hand are all the corners of the earth, and the strength of the hills is his also. The sea is his, and he made it, and his hand has prepared the dry land. O come, let us worship and fall down, and kneel before the Lord our Maker. For he is the Lord our God, and we are the people of his pasture, and the sheep of his hand. Today, if you will hear his voice, harden not your hearts, as in the provocation and as in the day of temptation in the wilderness, when your fathers tempted me, proved me, and saw my works. Forty years long was I grieved with this generation and said, It is a people that do err in their hearts, but they have not known my ways, unto whom I swear in my wrath that they should not enter into my rest. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Psalm 40 on page 390. I waited patiently for the Lord, and he inclined unto me and heard my calling. He brought me also out of the horrible pit, out of the mire and clay, and set my feet upon the rock, and ordered my goings. He hath put a new song in my mouth, even a thanksgiving unto our God. Many shall see it and fear, and shall put their trust in the Lord. Blessed is the man that hath set his hope in the Lord, and turn not unto the proud and to such as go about with lies. O, o Lord my God, Great are the wondrous works which thou hast done, like as be also thy thoughts, which are to usward, and yet there is no man that ordereth them unto thee. If I should declare them and speak of them, they should be more than I am able to express. Sacrifice and offering thou wouldest not, but mine ears hast thou opened. Burnt offering and sacrifice for sin thou hast not required. Then said I, Lo, I come. In the volume of the book it is written of me, that I should fulfill thy will, O my God. I am content to, to do it, yea, thy law is within my heart. I have declared thy righteousness in the great congregation. Lo, I will not refrain my lips, O Lord, in that thou knowest. I have not hid thy righteousness within my heart. My talk hath been of thy truth and of thy salvation. I have not kept back thy loving mercy and truth from the great congregation. Withdraw not thou thy mercy from me, O Lord. 
Let thy loving kindness and thy truth always preserve me. For innumerable troubles are come about me. My sins have taken such hold upon me that I am not able to look up. Yea, they are more in number than the hairs of my head, and my heart hath failed me. O Lord, let it be thy pleasure to deliver me. Make haste, O Lord, to help me. Let them be ashamed and confounded together that seek after my soul to destroy it. Let them be driven backward and put to rebuke that wish me evil. Let them be desolate and rewarded with shame, that say unto me, Fie upon thee, fie upon thee. Let all those that seek thee be joyful and glad in thee, and let such as love thy salvation say alway, The Lord be praised. As for me, I am poor and needy, but the Lord careth for me. Thou art my helper and redeemer. Make no long tarrying, O my God. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost. As it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Here begins the third chapter of the second book of Samuel. Now there was a long war between the house of Saul and the house of David. But David grew stronger and stronger, and the house of Saul grew weaker and weaker. Sons were born to David in Hebron. His firstborn was Amnon by Ahonam, the Jezreelitess. His second, Chilab, by Abigail, the widow of Nabal, the Carmelite. The third, Absalom, the son of Makkah, the daughter of Talmai, king of Geshur. The fourth, Adonijah, the son of Haggith. The fifth, Shephath. Tia, the son of Abital, and the sixth, Ithream, by David's wife, Eglah. These were born to David in Hebron. Now it was so, while there was war between the house of Saul and the house of David, that Abner was strengthening his hold on the house of Saul. And Saul had a concubine, whose name was Rizpah, the daughter of Aiah. So Ishbosheth said to Abner, Why have you gone into my father's concubine? Then Abner became very angry at the words of Ishbosheth, and said, Am I a dog's head that belongs to Judah? Today I show loyalty to the house of Saul, your father, to his brothers and to his friends, and have not delivered you into the hand of David. And you charge me today with a fault concerning this woman? May God do so to Abner, and more also, if I do not do for David as the Lord has sworn to him to transfer the kingdom from the house of Saul and set up the throne of David over Israel and over Judah, from Dan to Beersheba. And he could not answer Abner another word because he feared him. Then Abner sent messengers on his behalf to David, saying, Whose is the land? Saying also, Make your covenant with me, and indeed my hand shall be with you to bring all Israel to you. And David said, Good, I will make a covenant with you. But one thing I require of you, you shall not see my face unless you first bring me Michal, Saul's daughter, when you come to see my face. So David sent messengers to Ishbosheth, Saul's son, saying, Give me my wife Michal, whom I betrothed to myself for a hundred foreskins of the Philistines. And Ishbosheth sent and took her from her husband, from Paltiel, the son of Laish. Then her husband went along with her to Bahurim, weeping behind her. So Abner said to him, Go, return. And he returned. Now Abner had communicated with the elders of Israel, saying, 
In time past you were seeking for David to be king over you. Now then, do it. For the Lord has spoken of David, saying, By the hand of my servant David I will save my people Israel from the hand of the Philistines and the hand of all their enemies. And Abner also spoke in the hearing of Benjamin. Then Abner also went to speak in the hearing of David in Hebron, all that seemed good to Israel and the whole house of Benjamin. So Abner and twenty men with him came to David at Hebron, and David made a feast for Abner and the men who were with him. Then Abner said to David, I will arise and go and gather all Israel to my lord the king, that they may make a covenant with you, and that you may reign over all that your heart desires. So David sent Abner away, and he went in peace. At that moment the servants of David and Joab came from a raid and brought much spoil with them. But Abner was not with David in Hebron, for he had sent him away, and he had gone in peace. When Joab and all the troops that were with him had come, they told Joab, saying, Abner the son of Ner came to the king, and he sent him away, and he has gone in peace. Then Joab came to the king and said, What have you done? Look, Abner came to you. Why is it that you sent him away, and he has already gone? Surely you realize that Abner, the son of Ner, came to deceive you, to know your going out and your coming in, and to know all that you are doing. And when Joab had gone from David's presence, he sent messengers after Abner, who brought him back from the well of Sirah. But David did not know it. Now when Abner had returned to Hebron, Joab took him aside in the gate to speak with him privately, and there stabbed him in the stomach, so that he died for the blood of Ashel, his brother. Afterward, when David heard it, he said, My kingdom and I are guiltless before the Lord forever of the blood of Abner, the son of Ner. Let it rest on the head of Joab and on all his father's house. And let there never fail to be in the house of Joab one who has a discharge or is a leper, who leans on a staff or falls by the sword or who lacks bread. So Joab and Abishai, his brother, killed Abner because he had killed their brother, Asahel at Gibeon in the battle. Then David said to Joab and to all the people who were with him, Tear your clothes, gird yourselves with sackcloth, and mourn for Abner. And King David followed the coffin. So they buried Abner in Hebron. And the king lifted up his voice and wept at the grave of Abner, and all the people wept. And the king sang a lament over Abner and said, should Abner die as a fool dies, your hands were not bound, nor your feet put into fetters. As a man falls before wicked men, so you fell. Then all the people wept over him again. And when all the people came to persuade David to eat food while it was still day, David took an oath, saying, God do so to me, and more also, if I taste bread or anything else till the sun goes down. Now all the people took note of it, and it pleased them, since whatever the king did pleased all the people. For all the people and all Israel understood that day that it had not been the king's intent to kill Abner, the son of Ner. Then the king said to his servants, Do you not know that a prince and a great man has fallen this day in Israel? And I am weak today, though anointed king, and these men, the sons of Zariah, are too harsh for me. The Lord shall repay the evildoer according to his wickedness. Here ends the first lesson.
together Benedictus S on page 11. Blessed art thou, O Lord God of our fathers, praised and exalted above all forever. Blessed art thou for the name of thy majesty, praised and exalted above all forever. Blessed art thou in the temple of thy holiness, praised and exalted above all forever. Blessed art thou that beholdest the depths and dwellest between the cherubim, praised and exalted above all forever. Blessed art thou in the glorious throne of thy kingdom, praised and exalted above all forever. Blessed art thou in the firmament of heaven, praised and exalted above all forever. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Here begins the 20th verse of the 21st chapter of the Gospel according to St. Luke. But when you see Jerusalem surrounded by armies, then know that its desolation is near. Then let those who are in Judea flee to the mountains, let those who are in the midst of her depart, and let not those who are in the country enter her. For these are the days of vengeance, that all things which are written may be fulfilled. But woe to those who are pregnant, and to those who are nursing babies in those days. For there will be great distress in the land and wrath upon his people, and they will fall by the edge of the sword, and be led away captive into all nations. And Jerusalem will be trampled by Gentiles until the times of the Gentiles are fulfilled. And there will be signs in the moon, in the sun, in the moon, and in the stars, and on the earth distress of nations with perplexity, the sea and the waves roaring, men's hearts failing them from fear and the expectation of those things which are coming on the earth, for the powers of the heavens will be shaken. Then they will see the Son of Man coming in a cloud with power and great glory. Now when these things begin to happen, look up and lift up your heads, because your redemption draws near. Then he spoke to them a parable. Look at the fig tree and all the trees when they are already budding. You see and know for yourselves that summer is now near. So you also, when you see these things happening, know that the kingdom of God is near. Assuredly, I say to you, this generation will by no means pass away till all things take place. Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will by no means pass away. But take heed to yourselves, lest your hearts be weighed down with carousing, drunkenness, and cares of this life, and that day come on you unexpectedly. For it will come as a snare on all those who dwell on the face of the whole earth. Watch, therefore, and pray always that you may be counted worthy to escape all these things that will come to pass and to stand before the Son of Man. And in the daytime he was teaching in the temple, but at night he went out and stayed on the mountain called Olivet. Then early in the morning all the people came to him in the temple to hear him. Here ends the second lesson. Yeah, the Benedictus on page 14. Blessed be the Lord God of Israel, for he hath visited and redeemed his people, and hath raised up a mighty salvation for us in the house of his servant David, as he spake by the mouth of his holy prophets, which have been since the world began, that we should be saved from our enemies and from the hand of all that hate us, to perform the mercy promised to our forefathers and remember his holy covenant to perform the oath which he sware to our forefather Abraham that he would give us, 
that we, being delivered out of the hand of our enemies, might serve him without fear, in holiness and righteousness before him all the days of our life. And thou, child, shalt be called the prophet of the highest, for thou shalt go before the face of the Lord to prepare his ways, to give knowledge of salvation unto his people for the remission of their sins, through the tender mercy of our God, whereby the day spring from on high hath visited us, to give light to them that sit in darkness and in the shadow of death, and to guide our feet into the way of peace. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. <clears throat> I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Ghost, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified dead and buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sitteth on the right hand of God, the Father Almighty. From thence he shall come to judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Ghost, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. The Lord be with you. And with thy spirit. Let us pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, for ever and ever. Amen. O Lord, show thy mercy upon us. And grant us thy salvation. O God, may clean our hearts within us. And take not thy Holy Spirit from us. O God, who declareth thy almighty power chiefly in showing mercy and pity, mercifully grant unto us such a measure of thy grace, that we, running the way of thy commandments, may obtain thy gracious promises, and be made partakers of thy heavenly treasure through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. O God, who art the author of peace and lover of concord, in knowledge of whom standeth our eternal life, whose service is perfect freedom, Defend us, thy humble servants, and all the assaults of our enemies, that we, surely trusting in thy defense, may not fear the power of any adversaries, through the might of Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. O Lord, our Heavenly Father, almighty and everlasting God, who has safely brought us the beginning of this day, defend us in the same with thy mighty power, and grant that this day we fall into no sin, neither run into any kind of danger, but that all our doings being ordered by thy governance may be righteous in thy sight through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Good morning to all. In our second Samuel lesson, uh, just a couple of brief notes that <clears throat> it's kind of a, a, a chapter in which a lot of unsavory things are revealed. You know, we, we see David um, who already has a number of wives uh, demanding that uh, Michal be brought to him, even though, you know, she's been married to another man for a number of years. And that it seems like a rather um, cruel thing 
in, uh, for a man who has so, you know, so many that he could move on from that. But his own need to, to have Michal come, uh, it, it is a seed here of what's going to ultimately un, undo David, which is this desire for things he wants with women uh, in, in a sort of, you know, unbounded way without regard to others. And that kind of mirrors Joab and his brothers who are also just operating on their own vengeance for, for the, the death of their brother Asahel and not paying any attention to the larger good of the nation. You can here have unity of north and south, but the warrior is just trying to avenge himself. So these kind of things are, 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 are brought out in this narrative. And we remind ourselves again that in the narrative theology of the Old Testament, just because the Bible says it happened doesn't give its stamp of approval to it. And we are allowed, we want to read these narratives and we can make moral reflections, say that might have not have been the best choice. And in all cases, there'll be a long-term consequence for those who, who, who make them. So just a few thoughts there. Our, our passage from Luke is a notoriously misunderstood passage in our time. Um, and I think it's actually really important to get this this chapter uh, to understand its proper context to make proper sense of the New Testament. In our time, a lot of people who who talk about end times things and 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 prophecies misread Luke twenty one um, twenty seven, where it says they'll see the Son of Man coming in a cloud with power and great glory as though this referred to the second coming of Jesus at the end of time. If there is some horizon of that, it's a secondary and more thematic. What this chapter is talking about is, um, it, it goes back to the, the beginning of Luke 21, where the, the uh, apostles, disciples pointed out to Jesus how beautiful the temple was. Jesus said, not one stone be left upon another. And they say to him, what will be the signs? And Jesus mentions a number of things that will happen. And um, the things that will happen would happen between the time of his death and the destruction of Jerusalem by the Roman legions in A.D. 70. And everything about the chapter makes it clear that that's what he's talking about. When you see Jerusalem surrounded by the Gentiles um, and, and he's talking to them, get your things, you know, don't. Don't uh, stay on top of your house. Leave town. Flee. Get out. And um, and it, and the the key to understanding this is a first generation horizon is verse thirty two. I say to you, this generation will by no means pass away till all things take place. Some people have uh, fancifully made this generation to mean some future generation that begins to see these kinds of signs but it's to make nonsense of the rest of the chapter when clearly Jesus is saying, this is what's gonna happen before Jerusalem is destroyed. So the, the, the perplexity is, well, what does this son of man coming in a cloud with power and great glory mean? Well, it, it, it's really playing on a verse in the Old Testament, Daniel, uh, where in Daniel chapter seven, verses 13 and 14, which is actually our morning prayer lesson for Ascension Day, and in that, chapter, Daniel has a vision where he sees one like a son of man coming with the clouds of heaven. 
and he comes to the ancient of days to God the Father and receives a kingdom, and that's the image of the ascension. So the the point of this of this verse is that the Son of Man coming in a cloud is an image of God coming in judgment. It's an image, and, and, and to see the Jesus coming in a cloud, what it means symbolically is that they will understand that Jesus is the one who is seated at the right hand of God, uh, according to the Daniel prophecy. And and in the judgment that comes on Jerusalem, we'll understand this is happening now, that he is, co- and it, he is coming, and this is one of the acts of Jesus coming in judgment. Jesus will come to judge the world at the end of time, but Jesus comes in judgment in history as well. And it's it's entirely parallel and consistent that the Roman legions coming uh, on Jerusalem in AD 70 was judgment, the day of the Lord, God coming in judgment, in exactly the same way the Babylonians coming in judgment on Jerusalem at the end of the Old Testament was God coming in judgment. It's just parallel language. And even the language of signs in the sun and the moon and the stars is language that's used in Joel 2.31 to refer primarily to Pentecost and the idea of cosmic signs. Because the real point here of, 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 of this first century event is that the powers of heaven are being shaken because Jesus has conquered Satan's sin and death. And now he's seated at the right hand of God as Lord. That's overthrown the powers of darkness. And so after the um, destruction of Jerusalem in AD 70, then, then, then now it's the beginning. That's the end of the old covenant age. And with the coming of the spirit on Pentecost, it's the beginning of the new age of the kingdom. And we, leave, we live now in the last days, which are, are between that time and the coming of Jesus at the end of time. And so a lot of people, once we understand that, um, and, and the other thing that, that kind of lets us know about this is verse 27, where it says, they will see the Son of Man coming in a cloud. Because coming in judgment, they are the Jewish leaders and those who are in Jerusalem, because uh, the early church was warned to flee Jerusalem, and they didn't see that judgment. They were saved from the judgment that came on Jerusalem, were safely across the Jordan. According to church tradition, they went to a city called Pella. And so um, once we understand this is happening, it, it makes a lot of the New Testament fall into place, and especially the idea that that, that there was judgment in the New Testament. Jesus wasn't just, he came to die in love and offer redemption to preach Israel should repent. The church preached Israel should repent and that Israel didn't repent. And ultimately there was the judgment that came, which is just entirely consistent with uh, the pattern of the New Testament. And the final note on this whole thing is that, uh, what's the point of that? Um, but take heed to yourselves, verse 34, lest your hearts be weighed down and so it says uh, his his idea was was watch, always be ready. And we don't know when our Lord is coming, either in an interim judgment or at the end of time. But for always living in relationship with Him, being aware of His presence each day, responding to our call each day, we'll always be ready. Which is the New Testament testimony of what we're supposed to do with the idea that Jesus is coming soon. So, a few thoughts about today's lessons. We'll finish uh, morning prayer this morning with the intercession on page 590.
Accept, O Lord, our intercessions for all mankind. Let the light of thy gospel shine upon all nations. I may as many as have received it live as becomes it. Be gracious unto thy church and grant that every member of the same in his vocation and ministry may serve thee faithfully. Bless all in authority over us and so rule their hearts and strengthen their hands that they may punish wickedness and vice and maintain thy true religion and virtue. Send down thy blessings, temporal and spiritual, upon all the relations, friends, and neighbors. Reward all who have done us good and pardon all those who have done or wish of evil and give them repentance and better minds. Be merciful to all who are in any trouble. We'll pause for people to remember their intercessions. And do thou, the God of pity, administer to them according to their several necessities. For his sake, when about doing good, thy Son, our Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Grace for our Lord Jesus Christ, and the love of God, and the fellowship of the Holy Ghost with us all evermore. Amen. Good to be with you all this morning for morning prayer. Great start of the week. Great day. Peace. Thank you. Bye-bye. You, Bishop Scarlett. Have a good day, yeah. everybody. Bye, kiddos. Great words, Bishop. Thanks. Thank you so much.